Now Pastor Rick will bring us his final message from the Life App series. Ooh, get excited about those Krispy Kreme donuts. Have they gotten here yet? Oh, they're supposed to be here after this service. Anyway, and this, and if you didn't pre-order, then we've got some extras for you. Uh, you can take some with you. And uh, I actually ordered too many, so if uh, I, I know we've got plenty that are, that are, I mean, me personally ordered too many. And so I know we've got plenty. And uh, glad that you're here. And I just want to uh, hurry into our message today. I've got uh, really wrapping up this Life App series we've been doing this summer. And uh, man, just a, just a little over a week till school's back in session. All you parents excited about getting kids back in school? And all you kids are kind of down about that. I'm kind of excited about it because I'm glad everybody's going to have to come home from vacation and come back to church, you know, and find, their, find a way to miss, miss several people every week. So I'm kind of excited about it that way. But I did, I'm not wishing my, my summer away. Uh, but I'm kind of excited about that and looking forward to uh, some exciting things happening in August and September, kicking off again. Uh, you'll hear about that coming up really soon. So uh, let's have a word of prayer, and I want to get to our message this morning and wrap this up. I actually want to tie some things together at the beginning of this message before we get to our last life app that I want to discuss with you. So let's uh, have a word of prayer. Father, I love you. I thank you, God, for uh, the blessings. God, I thank you for all that you've uh, done for me this week. God, I thank you for the touch on my body, Lord. I just pray, God, for all the sickness that is, that is in our church, God, uh, even many that are here right now in our building right now. Just ask you, God, to touch them and, and with a, just a, a little extra blessing today. Get, get them through, Lord, uh, all, this, uh, all this sinus and cold stuff that's going around. And pray, God, that you uh, challenge us today. God, some good things are happening in, in people's lives. Some, some exciting things are happening. Lord, I, I'm excited to hear these, uh, these, these testimonies, Lord, uh, of things that, that are beginning to happen as people are opening themselves up to you, and, and not just for an hour on a Sunday morning, but, God, opening themselves up to you all week long. And I pray, God, I pray, God, you, you really finish something strong here today in, in this Life App series. I pray, God, you really challenge us, God, uh, to, to take one more step with you and, God, to believe you to do something. And Lord, for it not to just be a vision of a church, but, God, for it to be a vision for every one of us individually, Lord, that we have this vision to engage our communities, Lord, to actually get out there and make a difference and allow you to do something powerful through us in the lives of those who are around us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that's agree with that prayer said, amen. Okay, everybody awake, say amen. Amen. Okay, y'all, y'all a little quiet this morning, but we'll get through it, all right? I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, I hope you didn't feel like I backdoored you on this thing, but this life apps thing, but, but it, I guess in a way I did because we, we came at this a little different direction, but if you feel that way, well, don't get mad at me because that's really what God did with me. It's like I, he kind of backdoored me on this whole series as well. It's like I was going one direction, and God says, well, you know, this is really where it is, and he brings me around to this, and boom, here it is, and I'm thinking, now, you know, you could have just told me that right up front, God, and I could have, t- I could have taught, I could have spoken, I could have preached on these things for this summer, but God showed me as well that, you know, I, I've got my preconceived notions, I've got the ways I've already always spoken on these subjects, and if he'd have just said, hey, go speak on this, well, I would have probably pulled out some old, old notes, I'd have probably studied, but God took me to a different place, and, and you know, sometimes God needs to take us to a brand uh, or uh, to a to a, an old place but take us a brand new direction so that when we get there we see things from his perspective instead of our same old perspective that we've always had because we miss a lot of things along the way have you ever you ever driven somewhere 
and, and all of a sudden you start seeing things you've never seen, especially like, you know, when, when you ride with somebody, you let them drive. You know, I, I'm almost always the driver, it seems like. You know, I, I'm always driving in our home or, you know, and so, you know, sometimes if David drives, you know, I'll see a house I've never seen on the road before, passed it a hundred times, but I've never seen or I'll see something about that house that I've never seen. And that's what God, I think, was doing with us with this, with this Life App series, is he kind of backed us into this in a different way. So let me kind of tie some of this together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Would you say, everybody say spiritual gifts. Okay, she's helping me more than y'all are, so y'all got to step it up a little bit, all right? Spiritual gifts. Uh, that's what we've been talking about. I don't know, at, at some point probably in this Life App series, if you've been here for several weeks, you probably figured out, oh, that's what we're talking about. Life, I really, I, these Life Apps are spiritual gifts. I really hope you didn't pick that up for a long time because if you ever focused on the spiritual gifts, here's what I know some of you did, is you, is you kind of thought, oh, I've heard this before. Yeah, we, we've studied this. I remember studying this when I was a kid. And, and you've got all this stuff. And, and I really just wanted to, because this is what God wanted, is he wanted us to see this from an entirely different perspective. And here, here's the reason why. Going on to verse 4 now. I believe it's verse 4, yes. There are diversities of gifts. I want to look at this verse for just a second. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Okay, so there are these, and the life apps that we have that we've been talking about, there are nine of them, and we've been talking about them, and they all come from the same Spirit. We'll get back to that in a moment. Verse 5 says, there are differences of ministries. Okay, so there are differences of ministries as well. And there are ministry offices in the church, such as apostle, prophet, and teacher. And also, in other places in the Scripture, we see elders and we see deacons. And then we know we've got a lot of different offices here in our church as well that we prayerfully add as, you know, as God calls us to. Not, not maybe some of these that are mentioned right in the Scripture, but there are all these ministry offices. And it says these are of the same Lord. And that's, that's interesting to me, and we'll get to that in just a moment as well. Verse 6, and there are diversities of activities, but it's all the same God who works all in all. It's the same God who works all in all. And this, uh, this word activities uh, it, it, it means workings, or it means services, or it means effects, the way things, the, the results of all this. stuff. So, so here's what he's saying in verse 4, 5, and 6. If you back up with me and think about this. He says in verse 4, he says, there are all these different gifts that work by the Spirit. Okay, and we call them spiritual gifts. And then there are these offices in the church from the Lord. It's like there are offices in the church of Jesus. This is his church, and he sets up the offices. And so there are these offices that work. And then he says in verse 6, and all of these things all together, they work in diversities of activities. And that word activities really means results or effects, how this thing totally works. And, and what happens, he's saying, is there are all kinds of diverse effects that come about because of this, and it comes because of the same God or the Father. And so, we, so he's talking, you know, seeing the Trinity here and how the Trinity works through the church and how the Trinity works through us individually is that through the Lord and the calling into his church, we all have different offices that we fill. You know, a pastor, and we've got youth pastor, and a kids pastor, and worship pastor, and, and then we've got our, our, our leaders, our lay leaders, and our teams, and our skippers, and we've got all these things. That we've got all these offices, 
But then he says through the Spirit, the Spirit begins working through us in verse 4, and we have all these different gifts that he can work through us. And so, so, we're, so now all of a sudden it's like we're getting, okay, we've got these nine, and then we've got these m- multiple, how many, how many does anybody know, you know, offices that, that God would actually establish in a church. You know, we've got all of these, and then God works all these things. The Father works these things to get different results in every one. All in all, he gets different results in every one. And so, so here's, here's the thing I, I want you to really get about this. is because I know what a lot of people do is they look and they see someone who is operating in a, in a spiritual gift. Maybe someone who, has, who is, you know, has had a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom for somebody, maybe even for you, and you say, well, man, I could never do that. Well, here's the thing is that it's never going to be that way. God doesn't intend you to be exactly like anybody else, but what he's going to do is, verse, verse 5, he's called you into his place, a, a place in his church. You have, you have an office or a place to fill in his church. And then through verse 4, in the gifts of the Spirit, he's going to be operating these different gifts through you throughout your life so that in verse 6, he can get a different effect out of your calling and your gifts than he can get from anybody else. Is this going to look different in your life than it looks for anybody else? The effects, what is going to end up happening through the, through the calling, uh, the place that you serve, and, and, and the, the gifts that he works through you is going to be different than anything and anybody else. And sometimes, sometimes because we see other people do, and, and you know, we, we normally see the weirdos, right? You know, we normally see the weirdos because they're kind of out front. You know, you kind of notice them more than anybody. And what it makes a lot of people back up and say, well, I could never be. God doesn't want you to be that. We'll wrap that up at the end of this message. So please don't lose this, okay? And what I'm going to tell you here in the next few minutes, don't lose this thought because we're going to come back to that at the very end. Don't back down because you've seen a weirdo, okay? Don't back down because you've seen something that you think, I just don't know about that because God wants to do something different through you than he's ever done through anybody else. Because there's something that you can do because of your calling, because of your, your place in the body of Christ, and because of the gifts he's going to operate through you. There's something you can do that nobody else can do. Okay, so now let's go on to verse, verse 7. It says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so all this, the manifestation of the Spirit, and all this happening is given to one, but it's for everybody. It's, it's, it's so everyone can profit. And then he, he lists the, our life apps. Here's where, here's where we get them from. We call them the gifts of the Spirit, but here's where we get them from. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. And we've been going through these. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. And then we have the, uh, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. In verse 11... But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. And so here's what he does is it's the Holy Spirit that is doing this. And we've been through all these life apps. And you missed one, you can go listen to it on the, on the podcast. Go listen to it and, and, and catch this. But we've, got, we've been through eight of these, and we've got one left today. And he's, and he's using all these, and he's working through all of these. And, he, and he's doing all these. But, but, but don't miss, there, there's some little, little three-word phrase right here that I don't want you to miss in the middle of this because it's, it seems almost insignificant. But it's right there at the, at the end of the second verse, uh, the second line right there. It says, to each one. Where, where, does he, where does he distribute these gifts? To each one. Each one. Turn to somebody and say, you're one. 
Did you know you're one? Yeah, you're one. You're one, and you're one, and you're everybody that's one. Raise their hand. Are you one? Raise your hand. There's not anybody here that's two, are you? You got a multiple personality disorder or something? Every one of us is one, and so he does this to each one of us. Every one of us, he wants. He wants to distribute the gifts, and he has a calling. We have a place, and so it's to every single one of us. So, 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 listen. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're really blowing it with God if you're not allowing, if you're not allowing him to work through you in this way. But I, I definitely will say this to you. I will definitely say this. You're blowing it for yourself because you're missing the opportunity for God to work awesome things in your life to speak wisdom. Do you remember we talked about these things? Remember all these, all these blessings that come as a result of the Spirit working through you and speaking these, these, uh, these awesome things into your life. Giving you direction that nobody else has because only God knows. I mean, you know, God knows where the job openings are going to be. You remember we talked about that? God knows where the job openings are going to be this week. You know, God knows, God, you know, I don't, I don't believe God's really into helping us win the lottery. But, you know, God knows, you know, where, uh, he knows what stocks are going up and down. I don't believe God's necessarily into telling us those things. But I believe God does want to warn us sometimes when we're about to make bad decisions. He know he knows that you know if you're out in the market for a used car he knows what he knows what the uh, what the uh, uh, the state of the transmission is in that car that you're about to buy he knows the he knows the, you know you can check the the VIN number and find out the, the some of the history of that but God knows the history but He also knows the future of that car you know think about these things and God will say, so you you might not be blowing it with God but you're blowing it for yourself if you don't do it and who does He want to do this through each one. So every one of us sits here today called to a place in the family of God, in his, in his church, and with, with gifts ready for him to just operate through you, to help you through your life, but also do something else. Because you remember a couple of weeks ago I told you, this is not about you. It's not about us. It's about somebody else today. And so that's what I want to say, because... That's really what the dream of the church is. That's what the, the vision of this church is. That's what, as far as I can tell, that's what God's dream is too because that's, that was the last challenge he gave us was, was the Great Commission. It's not about go somewhere and sit around together and just enjoy church. Y'all sing and y'all just enjoy and y'all pray and y'all just enjoy and y'all teach and y'all just enjoy. No, it's not just about having church. It's about going and making disciples of all nations and touching every single soul that you can touch. That's the vision of God. And that's the vision of the church as a whole, and that's the vision of 2911. And it needs to be the vision of every single individual because it is God's vision. It is the vision of the church as the New Testament church, and it is the vision of this church. And so it should be yours. And so the life app, or the, the, the phone app, the, uh, the smartphone app that we won't play off of this week is Twitter. Anybody, anybody ever tweeted? Uh, don't raise your hand because some that hadn't might feel a little embarrassed that they've never tweeted. You know, and I don't know if you're into Twitter or not, but if you're not, let me just tell you about Twitter. I mean, it's, it's a really cool, just quick way to be able to, to speak to somebody just real quick. I mean, you're only limited. Anybody know? You're only limited how many characters in Twitter? Huh? 140. There's a, there's a tweeter right over there. Yeah. 140 characters. So it has to be quick. And you know, you gotta, sometimes it takes me longer to tweet, I think, because I gotta limit it to 140 characters than it would if I could just write an email, you know? But it's something you do quick. You can share text. What else can you share? Pictures? You share videos? You share links to other to websites that you found or whatever? And you know what else you can do? If somebody tweets something really, really, really awesome, 
You know what, you, you, can, you can just click a button and it retweets it to everybody that's following you and so you can share. So if somebody shares something really, really funny or embarrassing, you can also, you know, a really embarrassing picture, you know, you know your best friend fell in their face, you can retweet it so everybody's following you can see that as well. And so you can really, you can share that real quick. It's been used recently. <clears throat> Back in April and May, it was used here just extensively. I, if you were following, uh, James Spann was one that I, I started following at that time because he was tweeting they were tweeting constantly the needs that were in our area because of the, because of the tornado damage. And you could find out, you know, uh, they needed uh, supplies over here, they needed workers over here, and we were finding so much. And they were using, using Twitter for that. And, and, and here recently also, we've seen in just the past couple of years that uh, protests, you know, civil, civil protests have been organized, and even, even national revolts and revolutions have been organized in Iran, uh, in Egypt, um, in several places, in Tunisia, the, uh, the national revolutions have been organized through Twitter and people following and knowing. I mean, you think about how do you, how do you get a million people to show up in a street? You know, when the government won't let you. You know, the government obviously won't let you get on the air and on radio or the TV. Twitter is a way that a lot of the national revolutions have happened. The the, the protests that you've seen in other parts of the world in the last you know the last several months. A lot of that has happened through Twitter. And, and so if you look at all that, you think that uh, we've always seen these governments that have been so oppressive and keeping, keeping control over everything going on in their country. You say, you know what? This, the scope, the span, the reach of Twitter is almost uncontainable. All right. So that's where I want to jump off of that app and into our life app today. Because today I want to talk to you about prophecy. But the life after prophecy, the, the, the spiritual gift of prophecy, because you know what it is? It, in a lot of ways, it's like Twitter, but it just goes a lot farther than that. It's a, it's a, it is the way to share the good news of what is, of what is going on in, in our lives. It, it is a way to reshare. It, it is, prophecy is resharing the story that we've already heard, kind of like retweeting something. You know, that when God shares something with you, and we'll explain that in just a few moments, but this really cool thing that I wanted to, I wanted to say, I mean, it ties us all together. It, it gives us these directions, but the, that last thing about Twitter, how it's uncontainable, that's the way prophecy is, because, you know, I can tell you things today, and you can rebuke them, you can uh, argue against them, you can find reasons that I'm wrong. You can go find, you know, facts somewhere else and say, no, pastor missed it here. I, I can misquote a scripture. A lot of times I say, hey, Mike, give me that scripture in Hebrews. And I turn around, boom, it's James instead or something like that. You know, I can mess up. But when God speaks, it is uncontainable. When it is the, the gift of prophecy, it is uncontainable because once it is spoken, it's going to have to happen because his word says, my word will not return void. Now, I'm not talking about if God just encourages you to do a little something and you kind of speak under God. I'm talking about when it is actually the Word of God. And we'll talk about this exactly, but when it is the Word of God, it is uncontainable. Nothing can stop it. When it is a spiritual gift of prophecy that is operating through you, when it is this life app that we're talking about today. So, so what is prophecy? What, is it, what does it mean to prophesy? So let me give you, let me give you a, a a definition here says uh, prophecy is an inspired utterance viewed as a revelation of divine will. It is an inspired utterance. It is as if it is as if you know you know your brain fun, uh, forms these words and then your mouth actually speaks them out. It's like God. It's like God uh, does the brain part for you and he he he. Uh, 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 figures out the words and he forms the words and puts it and then and gives it and puts it in you and then and so instead of you designing what this is that's going to be said it's God designing it is a, it is an inspired utterance viewed as a revelation of divine will so that's the that's the gift of prophecy 
And so to prophesy then would mean to share an inspired utterance or a revelation of what God's will is. So to prophesy then would be to share the divine will of God for a person. Sometimes it's that way. You know, God might tell you something. Hey, I need you to go tell somebody something. That would be, that would be, I mean, if God says, I want you to go tell somebody something, that, that's prophecy. And if you go do that, that, that's to prophesy. That's what you're doing. And sometimes it can be for a group of people, like it could be for a church. You know, I, I mean, I feel led to share with you what, I've, what I'm sharing with you today. But there are some times that God speaks and he says, I want you to say, and he tells me exactly something to share with you, and i got to share it word for word. And that, that's, that's the gift of prophecy that is working like that. That is, so that's what to prophesy means. So sometimes it's for a person. Sometimes it's for a group of people. It can be for a location, a geographic location, like a group of people in a city or something. And it can be, sometimes it can be for a time that God is prophesying something is going to happen at this moment. I mean, here it is. This is what I am doing. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be in the future. Sometimes we think of prophecy as, as God saying, here, this is what's going to happen 10 years from now. It can be God speaking to us about what he is doing right now in our midst, like, especially when we're confused and it's like there's so many things going on in my life and, and I'm praying and I'm asking God and, and it just doesn't seem like anything's working out, but I, I kind of sense he's there and God can speak sometimes through the gift of prophecy and say, hey, this is what I'm doing and just clear it up. And sometimes on very, 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 very rare occasions, prophecy is to the entire world for the entire time. Something like John 3.16 would be. It is, a, it is, a, it is a, a word that is to the whole world for, for all of time. And it's very rare that that happens. So most of the time what happens, and listen, I, I don't want to paint this picture, you know, and say that God can't do because, you remember what I said last week? Can God do anything he wants to? Can I ask you that question? In this universe, whether you think it's right or wrong or, or good or bad or you think it's weird or strange or... Can God do anything that he wants to? Yes, he can do anything he wants to. So I don't want to, I don't want to say God never does, but let me just say it as a rule. You're not going to find people running around prophesying every single day. Most people aren't like that. So don't feel like you're weird if you're not, but, but God does want to use you. And I want to share this with you because I, I want you, I want you to really believe this this morning. God does want to use you to prophesy his divine will into somebody's life or into, into a group of people's life. And, and for, for most of us, it'll be a one-on-one thing. And I want to share, the, share this with you. But let, let me tell you, first of all, one of the things that prophecy is not, because uh, I think sometimes we get a little out ahead of God. And, and so I want you to understand, if you get out a little ahead of God and you start prophesying and it doesn't happen, it's not because God messed up. It's probably because maybe you just had a misunderstanding. Here's one of the things. And, and there's a story in... Uh, uh, about a, a guy named Balaam, and you might remember Balaam. He's a guy that rode the donkey, and he wouldn't listen to an angel. And so the angel actually actually spoke through the donkey, or had the donkey speak, and had to give him a direction. Now here's here's the here's the backstory, just to get you just to get you caught up. Instead of reading all these verses of scripture, is Balak was mad at Israel. I mean, he wanted to curse Israel, and so he found Balaam. Now Balaam was a prophet, and so he hired Balaam. He said, "I want to pay you to come over here, and I want you to curse Israel. I want you to speak a negative prophecy against them. I want you to speak some curses over them." And so what Balaam does is he says, "I can't do that. I can't speak negative unless God tells me to speak negative." Balak finally finally insists and gets him to to go and to prophesy. And so Balak carries him up to a high mountain. And they're, they're looking over Israel, and, and so Balaam opens his mouth to begin prophesying, and instead of prophesying negative, he starts speaking blessings over Israel. 
He's talking good things about Israel. Well, Balak obviously gets mad. I didn't pay you to come out here and bless them. I paid you to come out here and curse them. So he takes him to the top of another high mountain. And you know what happens? Same thing. And so he, he speaks a blessing over Israel. Balak gets mad again. He takes him to, to another place, and, and, and they sacrifice. And, and he, he opens his mouth. Balaam opens his mouth for the third time, and he starts to, you know, it starts to speak whatever it is that God is giving him, and it's another blessing. And Balak gets mad at him again. He says, three times. And instead of doing what I'm paying you to do, I've, I've, I've hired you to come out here, you're speaking these things. And so and here's what Balaam says to him. In our scripture, he says, Please, I'm sorry, that's, uh, I'm sorry, I got you, I got you the wrong scripture right here. Here's, here's, what Balaam, here's what Balaam says to Balak. He says, I cannot but speak what God has put in my mouth. He says, I can't, he said, I, I cannot prophesy negative when God is speaking positive. If God speaks a positive word, I can't speak a negative word. And here's what I want to tell you about prophecy right here. Prophecy is not speaking what you want to happen. We call that prayer, you know? When when you're saying, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how much you're feeling it with God, you know, in the middle of praise and worship, and and your spirit is just communing with God, and everything is flowing, and it's just awesome, and you you uh, you begin to feel something, and you want to say, God, you know, I need you to do that, and you start, no matter how strongly you feel about it, if it's, uh, if God hadn't told you to say, it's just prayer, and prayer is powerful. Prayer is important. Prayer is laying it all before God. Say, God, I got to have this happen. And sometimes I feel led to pray something. But when you speak what you want to speak, that's not prophecy. And that's what Balaam was telling Balak. I'm sorry. He said, I cannot speak negative where God has spoken positive. I told you, you see, prophecy is uncontainable because when it is the word of God, it will not return to him void. When it is his true word, it will not return to him void. But... Let me show you what prophecy really is. From the story uh, in Ezekiel, and, and man, I, uh, this, this, this is a place. I, I've pulled, man, I've pulled notes out from Ezekiel. Go ahead and give me that scripture, if you will. I've pulled notes out from Ezekiel um, several times to get ready, <laughs> to, get, to get some ideas from something. And man, there's so many things that I want to share with you here. I want, I'd like to really just stop here and just, let me, it's kind of like I'd like to throw you another sermon right here in the middle of this because there's so many awesome things to share here. And I say that because I'd love for you to go home and dig into this this afternoon. I'd love for you to do that this week is to make this a place to, make this a place to, to really study this week. But here we get, a, we get a picture of what prophecy really is. And, and God speaks through, through, through Ezekiel. And, and he's taking him out into a, into a valley, a place of, of dry bones. And there's a lot of discussion about was he really in a physical valley or was this a, a total vision or what's happening. That doesn't matter right here because all we're seeing anyway is, 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 a, is a picture of what God does in prophecy. And here, So he's taking him into this valley of dry bones. He sees all these bones that are scattered everywhere. And he says, he says to him, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what prophecy is. Prophecy is when God says, go tell these people this thing. Go tell this man, this woman, this thing. You know, it's it's not when you say, you know, they need a good word, and I think I'll tell them a joke today. You know, or even if you say, I think I'll tell them a scripture today. 
It, it's, not, it's not prophecy even if, if you, it is, but when God, God speaks to you and says, you've got to go tell these people, and you know in your heart God has given you something, that's what prophecy is, okay? And, and here's what God want, wants them to hear, and I've and I got to really resist the urge to preach here for a good while because there's so much stuff in here. But the next verse, he, he starts saying what this is. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Okay, get this picture. Here's what God is wanting to do with you this week. I mean, where are you going? You, you, are you seeing the parallels? Every week, what do you do? You walk through valleys of dry bones. I mean, that's where you're at. When you walk through, you know, in, in the places where you work, you're walking through valleys of dry bones, peoples whose lives have been snuffed out. There is no breath. There is no life. There is no joy. There is no hope. There's nothing that is there. You're walking through valleys of dry bones. As you walk down the hallways of, uh, of your offices or between the cubicles or, or in a couple of weeks, guys, as you start walking through your school halls again, you're walking through valleys of dry bones, lives that have been destroyed, lives that have really no life left. And God, God says, I want you to prophesy to them. Tell them that breath is coming back. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you, you know, I'm not telling any of you to go be Ezekiel's. You know, you kids, the very first week you get back, you need to run down the halls and yell, hey, breath is coming back. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying God wants to use you at just a right moment, at a right time to find one of those lives. That, and he wants to speak to you and say, just tell them this. The other day, somebody was telling me, they were telling me that, you know, they, they, they thought they needed to say one little something to somebody. They thought it seemed so weird and so strange to do it, but they did it anyway. They, they just walked up to a young lady and they, they said, hey, I just want you to know you matter. And, so, and, they, and they just felt like they needed to say you matter. A two-word prophecy is all it is. Just a little two words, you matter. And for a moment, you know, the, uh, the young lady looked at them and they thought, oh, no. I've blown it now. They're really going to think I'm weird. And the young lady said, thank you. I needed to hear that. Just two little words. You matter. And because there was, here was this, there was this moment in, the, uh, in this young lady's life that it was dry. There was this moment in this young lady's life where there was no breath, and they were speaking breath back. And in verse 6 also, he says, because something else is going on. He says, tell these bones I'm going to put sinews upon you and flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So here's what he's saying. He said, I'm going to bring all these bones back together and I'm going to put tendons and skin and flesh and meat on you and I'm going to put breath in you and you're going to, you're, you're going to come back together and you're going to come back to life. As you're walking through the valleys of dry bones that you walk through every week, there are people's lives that have... Literally, just like these bones, they've fallen apart. And God wants to use you to speak a word to them and say, hey, God wants to put it all back together again for you. He, he wants to speak a word of some kind to you, to, uh, some, through you to them, some kind that, that, that enables them. And, and, you know, and not, just, not just a generic word to say, hey, oh man, we've all got those, don't we? A prophecy isn't generic. God's going to heal everybody, save everybody, you know, make everybody well and make everybody do better and everything's going to be fine. That's not prophecy. God wants to, God wants to take you into one of those places, one of those little corners where there's a, where there's a pile of, of dry bones that's been walking around as a dead life for so long and, and, and speak a word that lets them know that God is about to pull it all back together again. That's where God wants to take you. 
That's what God wants to do through you. He wants to speak. He wants to, he wants to take you to a place where, where he can just speak a word to you and say, hey, go tell that one this. Just go encourage this one that. And you know what? It could even be happening right now as I, as I share some of this with you that, that you're, you're thinking about somebody. And, you, and I didn't tell you to think of somebody. If you're thinking about somebody right now in your life that this week you're going to be walking by and you've walked by them week after week after week and you're thinking about them right now and you're hearing some words into your heart that, you know, I need to encourage them is something that I've said or something that's just come totally out of the blue. It may be happening right now that God is saying this week when you see them, you need to tell them that. And it may be as simple as, you know, I just feel like you need to know you matter. Or it may be some direction. It may be some encouragement. It may be something that you don't even understand, but it's a confirmation to them of something that they know. Maybe they're thinking about making a, a decision, and, and you're going to confirm to them by just saying, hey, God, want, God, you know, I've been feeling this. And, or Sunday I was sitting in church. While I was sitting there, my pastor was preaching. Or, or while we were praying at the, at the end of the service, I just felt this, that I need to share this with you. And, and hey, uh, you, know, you, you know, if it means something to you, then take it. And if it doesn't, then okay. God wants to use you through that. See, because here's what, here's what I know most of you are thinking. They're going to think I'm crazy. You know, but listen to that. Think about it. If somebody walked up to you and said, hey, when I was sitting in church the other day, I just felt like I had you on my mind. I just felt like I needed to tell you so-and-so. That maybe God was just encouraging me to tell you so-and-so. If somebody came up to you and said that to you, would you think they were crazy? No. You would, you would think they cared enough to share with you what was in your heart about them, that you've actually had your mind on them. And if it's somebody that, that, their, that their life is gone, that their life has fallen apart, they, they, are, uh, they would probably be ecstatic at the thought that you've been thinking about them in the middle of their battle and their struggle. Here's, here's, here's the last thing I want to tell you about prophecy. And it's something that we closed with Wednesday night. If you were in my class, you caught this. Be normal. Be normal. Okay, everybody knows John the Baptist, right? You know, to prophesy, you don't have to put on camel skin and start eating locusts and wild honey. We've already had one John the Baptist. Nowhere in Scripture does it say God's going to call a whole bunch more John the Baptists. You know, we had one, and we, got, we, you know, we have weird prophets out there. And when I say weird, let me, say, let me tell you, most of the time when I use the term weird, I use it in a loving way. If, if you've been around here a while, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, because weird people get things done for God. It's us normal people. We're scared that somebody's going to think we're weird, and we don't get anything done for God. But we got, we got weird people out there. I mean, we got people that do, do things. I mean, you know, that they, they push the envelope to, to really be in God's will. And so most of us, we see that, and so we back off. Okay, we're, we're coming back to that point I was making at the very beginning to close this thing out. As most of us back off. Of the, but no, listen, this is what God is calling. He's calling you to be who you are. If you're not dressing in camel's skin today, you know, hey, guess what? He's probably not calling you to do that tomorrow either. He wants you to be normal. You're in the place you're, you're supposed to be. You're already called into your office and the church. And even if, even if you're not on staff, even if you don't have an ordination certificate hanging on a wall somewhere, you're already called to your office in the church. He's already called you. And so now all he wants you, you're in your place where you belong, and he wants you to just be who you're supposed to be and let him use these gifts through you. Just be normal. 
But here, here's the thing you got to do is you've got to start expecting God to do the supernormal through you. To speak something through you that you didn't know, but somebody else needed to hear. To start believing God to do the supernormal through you. Be normal, but let God be supernormal through you. Stand with me and come to the front, if you will. Come on, let's close Let's close this this morning in the front again. Come in faith believing already. Just, just start thinking this right now. God, I want to be, as, I wanna be as, as normal me as I can be, but I want you to be as super normal as you can be through me, God. Start believing that right now. Just start, just start believing that. Start praying that in your heart already. I got one, got one last little scripture I want to share with you. Just kind of, just reinforces that last thought. It's Luke 12, 12. For the, how many of you believe the Bible? You believe the Bible? Okay. Right? For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour. You know what that means? That doesn't mean he's going to give it to you an hour before you need it. Or It's talking about that moment. For the Holy Spirit will teach you or will tell you or will explain to you or will give to you in that very moment what you ought to say. And this is talking, in the context of where this is, this is talking about a specific thing. When you, when you have to give an answer for something, don't worry about it. Holy Spirit's going to give you what you need to say right then. But how much more so when he gets you to a place of something he wants you to share? This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit will tell us. He can tell us in an instant. He doesn't have to be telling you right now. You may, you may, you may have a heavy burden on your heart right now for somebody out there. And yet you don't know what it is you need to tell them. Then you need to just, just start praying right now. Just say, and saying, God, before I see them, Lord, I, I want you to tell me what that is I'm supposed to say. And listen to him. Anticipate. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So many people have gotten so weird about spiritual gifts that normal people are scared to death to be used or, or to, because they they've seen all the weird but again let me say it again keep digging for God as you keep digging for God you get closer and closer to him he's going to start speaking spiritual spiritual truths into your life that you didn't even know were there sharing things and if you'll let him he wants to open your mouth to encourage somebody else around you that's really struggling some dry bones Someone whose life has fallen apart. To pull it all back together. Breathe new life into it. Give them new strength. Help them go one more. Would you... Would you humor me this week? Would you try it one week? And would you say, God, speak through me to somebody this week. Let me be your mouthpiece to somebody. Bow with me. Close your eyes and bow with me. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying. But right now, just start saying, God, this week, I've got people around me that, Lord, their life is truly a valley of dry bones. They are, they are caught in this, Lord. God, I walk through it every week at work. I walk through it every week, Lord, 
in, in the circles that I'm in. God, I pray. Come on, somebody ask God to do this. Come on, somebody ask God. This week, Lord, let me speak some new life into somebody. Let me speak some encouragement into, God, some, some, some young lady, Lord, who's ready to give up. God, some young mother who's ready to give up on her marriage. God, some man who's ready to give up on his marriage. God, somebody that's, that's, that's ready to throw in the towel. Somebody who's about to give up on life, Lord.